listening to Something Real with Pastor Rich Zeiger, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. Since this podcast focuses on the reality of God and the realities of life, today we're diving a bit more into the life portion by discussing Romans 1. It's easy to say that our world today is in trouble and that our culture seems to lack a unifying sense of morality, decency, and ethics. You'll hear Rich say that again in a minute. I may have borrowed it. Obviously, there's a lot to discuss here, so let's get started. We live in a pretty confusing world. It often seems as if reality has been turned on its ear. And what we once considered common sense isn't very common. The social norms and mores of the past are not merely being questioned, they're being actively attacked by people and institutions once charged with their protection and maintenance. Even in the American melting pot, where diversity is protected and valued, there's always been a foundation of shared values. Our current culture seems to lack that common core. Men and women no longer hold a unifying sense of morality, decency, or ethics. Postmodernism has undermined even our very understanding of truth and reality so severely that there's no longer even a general acceptance that objective truth and reality actually exist. In such a world, our conception of authority becomes as fluid as our sense of right and wrong, and the observable result is a sort of cultural anarchy. Now, none of this is a surprise to God. It's not really even all that new. Paul addressed the sort of thinking that we battle today in several of his New Testament letters, but Romans 1 may best explain what is going on. Verse 18 declares that God's wrath is being poured out on our godlessness and wickedness as we suppress the truth with our wickedness. This idea is further developed in verses 21 to 23, as Paul explains that although the human race knew God, or had an awareness of Him, we did not know Him relationally and our hearts and minds became dark and dull as we exchanged the reality of God for cheap imitations. So God gave us what we chose, life our way instead of his way. What we have seen and experienced ever since our banishment from Eden is the effect, the consequences of our choice. Life apart from God, with ourselves at the helm, is a life at war with reality. God created the universe to function a certain way. In giving us over to our sinful desires, God has allowed us to experience the full weight of our independence, including the death that rightly accompanies it. To be sure, there is judgment and punishment for sin, and that punishment will be justly and perfectly executed by God, our righteous judge, in his time. However, the chaotic, unjust, broken world around us is the consequence, the natural result of God giving us over to the independent life we have chosen. Every time we lament the existence of disease, human trafficking, racial injustice, school shootings, and the seemingly endless list of social ills and horrors that accompany life in this world, we would do well to remember that this is what we have chosen. The human race has been given over to its sinful desires, and all choices have inevitable consequences. Verses 26 to 28 comprise what I would consider one of the most neglected and also abused passages of Scripture in contemporary society. Paul's teaching here has been alternately avoided as being harsh and controversial or commandeered as a club to single out and bludgeon certain groups or behaviors as uniquely condemned by God. Neither one of these extremes is true to what God, through Paul, is telling us in the passage. Paul says, Because of this, 
God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what ought not to be done. Clearly, Paul does address homosexual activity in this passage, but that's a corollary, not the focus. Paul's focus is on the disease. The individual shameful lusts and things that ought not to be done are the symptoms. The disease is sin, life lived independently of God's authority. These symptoms include homosexual acts, but they're not limited to just that. These shameful, sinful things include such wickedness as envy, murder, strife, gossip, disobedience toward parents, hatred toward God, mercilessness, and more. The distinction is not that homosexuality is more sinful than other sins, but rather that it demonstrates that the disease of sin is not satisfied with natural human desires. In this light, natural lusts might be seen as desires that God built into humanity to be good in a particular context, which becomes sinful outside of that specific context. By contrast, unnatural lusts might be rightly understood as desires which are a distortion or a mutation of those natural desires and have no holy context in God's creation. Put another way, natural desires would have been part of the created order before sin entered the world. Unnatural desires would have no place in the created order prior to the introduction of sin. Sin is a progressive disease, and it manifests in a variety of symptoms. Paul's point in referencing unnatural versus natural sins does not appear in any way to be calling one thing less sinful than the other, But he does seem to be saying that the prevalence of unnatural lusts, the increased pervasiveness of all sorts of sinful behavior, and the general approval of such activities all indicate that the disease has greatly progressed in a society and is presenting elevated symptoms. Taken together, Paul's thoughts here in Romans and throughout his letters, along with the greater narrative of the scriptures, seem to indicate that God's wrath is being poured out on humanity's wickedness, not just in a distant eternal judgment, but in the consequences of life lived our own way. Even now, the life lived independently of God's authority is its own punishment. Thank you for listening, and I hope this has given you something to think about. Thanks for listening. You can check out our shows on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, and on pretty much any podcast platform you'd like, including YouTube. So be sure to join us three times a week. We look forward to it.